Thank you for tuning in to Milledgeville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and today we set out to interview the candidates who are running to be the next Milledgeville mayor. Today, I have the pleasure of inviting to the studio uh, current Milledgeville mayor, Gary Thrower. Hey, Carl. Welcome back to the WRGC studios. Well, good morning, Daniel. Thank you for having me this morning. It's my pleasure, and I just appreciate you very much for making time to speak to our radio audience here through this series of programs. Mayor Gary Thrower, why are you running for the office of mayor? Well, uh, you know, two years ago I, I ran because I felt like uh, the, the community needed a breath of fresh air, uh, somebody who had not had a great deal of uh background in the politics and somebody could come with a clean slate and and uh work with any and everybody and over the past two years uh while it's been a struggle i think i've, I've made some progress in that arena I there were people that told me that uh you can't get along with this group you can't get along with that group and i told them all from the start that uh any and everybody who were who was interested in moving this community forward were somebody i was interested in talking to so uh I've I've been in this community my entire life. I love Millersville. We've got so much to offer. Uh, sometimes I think uh, uh, leadership was lacking to uh, to move us where we needed to go. And of course, you had an abbreviated term as you ran in 2015 in a special election. Uh, what continues to be on your priority list as you look forward to potentially another four years? Well, uh, one of the one of the components that I feel like the city is is uh deficient in and and we've had many discussions about how to remedy the situation but uh, you know obviously we need to do a better job of communicating with the citizens communicating with the media we need to be more out front with stories we need to be you know um a little bit more progressive with our our website and our social media uh i just feel like it's, it's, it's more important for us to get the story out and uh than to uh, have to be asked about it days later but communication is 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 probably one of the one of the keys that uh, is critical to to you know the next four years. Uh, you know we've got our you know water plant discussions that we've been uh, working through for the last uh, you know seven eight months, and uh, we're making good progress with those. We've been uh, we've had great communication with the county about you know what their needs were and and how we could better you know work together with it, with with this. Uh, We've got uh, great engineers and consultants that are giving us good advice. So, uh, you know, it's just continuing that process is, I, I think, is, is, is important. We've, we're, we're just about to the end of the design phase, and it's just about to the point of needing to make a decision about where to go with it. And now, one issue that I want to address um, uh, with you uh, right away, of course, um, during your first term in office, you were the subject of an ethics inquiry concerning a potential conflict of interest in a historic district vote, in a historic district zoning vote. Um, you have appealed the initial ruling of the city's ethics panel. I was wondering if you could address this issue for our radio audience. Well, I don't want to play attorney with you but uh and it is under appeal so that kind of limits what i can and need to say but uh basically the uh the ordinance states that i cannot vote on a property that i have any interest in and uh so uh i had no interest in the property that we voted on it was in close proximity to a house that i own uh but in my in my view it had it it was no conflict of interest uh uh local uh individuals 
thought different and, and filed the complaint. We went through the process and the, uh, the, uh, ethics board decided that, that, that they family in, in violation, uh, that, uh, that ruling had been appealed and, and I'm waiting on a superior court judge to make a decision. Uh, moving over to a completely different matter. Now, Baldwin County is in the process of hiring a new county manager. What is the first community issue that you would like to talk about with this person once they're um, put in place? Well, as I mentioned earlier, the, the main focus that we need to uh, address with the new county managers is just open lines of communication. Uh, we currently have a great relationship with the county. They have been they have been uh, over. Uh, gone overboard with us uh, throughout our few little water crises, uh, always stepping up and, and providing aid when we needed it. You know, we do the same for them in, in, in similar situations. But uh, uh, there there are things that we do that we could do better together and uh, just want to reach out and have good open lines of communication. And, and I'd love to uh, start with a, uh, with a mutual feeling of trust and respect so that uh, there's uh, – that we have a better opportunity to make things happen. Of course, one of the other large constituencies within our community is our institutes of higher education. Um, how can the city of Milledgeville lead an effort to bring the three institutions of higher education together to benefit the community? Well, I think just stay engaged. Uh, they, they have at times reached out to us. We've, we've tried to reach back and, and, uh, and try to uh, push programs and, and coordinate certain events that would that would be benefit both. But uh, there's such a there's such a, a large amount of intellectual collateral with those three institutions that are are really not being utilized fully. Uh, but uh, we have a you know we have a situation in in, in Millersville where where this this group of kids come to Millersville. Uh, you know, every year and uh, stay for, you know, stay for four years. And while they're here, they want to change the world. They want to change Millersville. They want to, they want to uh, really change the world. And uh, we've got, you know, we've got people that's lived here their entire lives that are fairly comfortable with the way things are. So, you know, one of the things that uh, I tried to do is have a lot of conversation with kids about being a little bit more tolerant of, of, of their environment. This is, uh, I mean, this, this is not a perfect world. This is not, we can't use Millersville as a laboratory for, you know, social change. We, you know, we, we're a community that has uh, got a lot of pride in, in our community that, uh, that, uh, you know, willing to look at anything that uh, was, is uh, brought forward. But, you know, we just, uh, we, we're, we're kind of comfortable with where we are in most in most situations. Are there any areas where you think that kind of level of enthusiasm could be put in place, or are there any existing programs that you know of that maybe need to be scaled up to have a greater impact? Elaborate just a little, please. Just uh, you talked about uh, that great deal of energy coming in um, and the desire to change our community, desire to change the world on top of that. Is there any areas where we can focus that energy to have uh, more immediate results? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh our marketing efforts, our, our social media efforts, our communications efforts. Uh, you know, we we have uh, we have situations where we need market studies done, and and uh, people look at different demographic profiles and things of this nature that we could certainly access college and and let them 
use use this as a as a, as a learning t- tool, and I'll, and also provide some pretty good information to the city at, at I would su- assume at a very small cost, if any. But uh, certainly, with there's uh, there's many many ways that the that the community can work with the city and and uh, and, and make it uh, a good functional process for both. My next two questions are going to deal with matters of law enforcement and community relations. In early October, when responding to a domestic dispute, a Baldwin County Sheriff's deputy shot an unarmed man. Fortunately, that man was not seriously injured, but nonetheless, the incident has some community members concerned that the relationship between law enforcement and the community is reaching a friction point. As an elected official, what can you do to help maintain a relationship of trust between law enforcement and all the residents of the Milledgeville community? Well, certainly I don't want to try to comment too deeply on uh, the uh, events of the other day with, uh, with the uh, shooting. I have seen the video, and I did see the shock and dismay with the officer that uh, obviously knew immediately that a mistake had been made and, and, uh, uh, was quite upset about it. Uh, I don't get the, I don't get the sense from the last two years that we have this friction point that, uh, with between the the law enforcement and the, and the police, uh, I know both the sheriff and the chief of police have both gone out of their way to make sure their, their officers are trained, uh, to the, as far as they can, they've got all the equipment they need. All it's got body cams, uh, we, we're doing everything to protect, you know, the, the community and, and look out for them. We, we do community policing where we're out in the community, in the neighborhoods, trying to meet and meet kids and meet, you know, adults that are, you know, on the street and, and trying to find a way to, you know, work, work with them and, and just let them know who we are and have a better, better relationship. But, uh, I, I think, I think we've got to take our hats off to our law enforcement, uh, leadership that, uh, have, have got these officers, you know, in a position where they understand the, the, the ramifications of making mistakes and, and, uh, and they're highly trained and they and they, they, they're doing an awesome job in my mind. All right. Um, continuing on that, of course, um, in 2015 and 2016, Milledgeville and Baldwin County saw an explosion of gun violence, uh, much of it amongst young people. What are your ideas for reaching out to young people who are at risk of going down the wrong road and pulling them back in and showing them that they are a part of our community's future? Well, I mean, I, I, I think the situation that you refer to was diffused by just that, by uh, officers getting in the community and having conversations and uh, talking to the right people about the right problems and, and uh, uh like I say, the network that the and the and the and the relationships that these officers and 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 uh, law enforcement uh, supervisors have has been critical. Uh, you know, we we're so fortunate to have you know Dr. Norris Price here as our superintendent of schools, and she has been asking the the community to uh, get in behind a mentorship program that she feels like will make all the difference in the world for these kids. There's so many. Uh, kids with fatherless homes that uh, need a, a positive role model in their lives. She's reached out. She's had several groups volunteer. She's had several groups, you know, make a, make an effort. I think it just needs to be a priority. If we're ever going to turn this community around, it has to be in the home. I, ha- I think it has to start uh, initially. There was, there was a statistic I heard uh, early on that uh, 
that by the time a child has reached the age of five, I think 95% of their brain has been developed and their, you know, their habits and traits and things of this nature had already been, you know, formulated. You know, if we can't get to these kids at an early age trying to trying to make major changes in their lives at, at you know, at 21 is going to be, you know, futile. All right. Uh, now, of course, you know, I know there are degrees of separation in the city government is not involved in the school board itself. Uh, but what can city leadership do to benefit um, efforts like the one you just described um, coming out of the Baldwin County Board of Education? Yeah. Uh, you know, I heard uh, I heard one of the George College professors speaking at the uh, rally that, uh, you know, we need to get out of our comfort zone and do something uncomfortable to make uh, to make changes in this world. And uh, and, and, you know, I think promoting this mentorship, getting behind it, supporting it. Uh, we are the community leaders, both city and county. We need to be we need to embrace it. We need to you know find things like this that we can all work together on that uh, that uh, will be meaningful and, and have a positive result. So, uh, you know, since I've been the mayor, uh, I have tried to be uh, accessible and be available to Dr. Price and uh, and do what I could to to help the school system and just on a personal level, uh, but. Uh, that doesn't mean that we can't expand that to mean all the all the city council and all the city leadership that you know we've got to get in a concerted effort to uh, to to really make a difference. One area in which the city can have a direct impact on our youth is making available access to recreation. Absolutely. Do you feel that the city is doing its part? to make sure that we provide the resources to occupy young people's minds and bodies. And could you provide any examples uh, for uh, your thoughts on this? Well, we're, you know, we're currently going through service delivery with the county, and, and, and recreation is, is one of the functions that is being discussed. And it's currently a, a uh, county responsibility for recreation. And uh, uh, I think they've got a great staff, and they, they are – make every effort to to make uh recreation uh programs available and and affordable and 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 access to be as uh as easy as possible but i mean quite honestly when you know i grew up here in millersville and and we had a recreation department that was kind of focused around downtown we actually uh you know played ball at bonner park dink johnson uh there was other fields around town that we access, but uh, and there was it was more of a centralized location. You know, when they moved it that out to uh, out to uh, Highway 22 in the early mid 70s, I you know I didn't really feel like that was going to be a, a, a you know something that kids could get to easily and things of this nature. And I, and, and I think it I think it does cause some problems. Uh, you know, we you know as I've mentioned that when I was growing up, we would you know during the middle of the day, kids from all over all over the community, different neighborhoods, different backgrounds, different ethnicities would show up down at Dink Johnson and have a pickup game and just, you know, have a great time and just be, you know, playing ball, being out, you know, doing something, you know, fairly constructive. But, uh, you know, it's, it's very difficult to, to find those, those, those pickup games anymore. And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it could be, it could be all location driven. You know, we, what we're trying to do with the city is we've, we've had a you know group come in and, and, uh, and actually got, community comments on how we could improve our parks you know we was with bonner park uh and uh hewley park 
and we've actually got some some fairly you know well thought out and designed uh, uh, concepts for for both that uh, you know ha- include you know a little uh, splash pads and things of this nature. But but you know uh, you know having those programs available to kids is, is difficult. I know you know the uh, I know the Boys and Girls Club do what they can. I mean, there's several other civic organizations that that have you know, after school and, and, uh, during the summer programs to keep kids active. But, uh, those are the, you know, the recreation department uh, in and of itself is, uh, is, is something that, you know, we, we've taken a look at, but, uh, there's, there's just no easy solution for it. Well, as, um, you're saying that in with, um, the County being charged with the majority of the recreational programs, I believe, and also having that complex out there, is it incumbent upon the city, uh, to kind of step up its game and maybe, um, realize its place as kind of the central, uh, authority for, uh, and I say central as in location wise, the greatest population centers being around closer to the city than the County, you know, do something more to provide these kind of city residents with either resources themselves like the parks or even go above and beyond that above and beyond what i believe is its current charge and provide programming as well well yeah i mean it, it would be it would be an awesome situation if the city could 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 do things along those lines but the the reality is is that uh you know through the service delivery these kind of components of 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 government are are divided so that such that uh, you know, we avoid duplication and we also, uh, try to make it as efficient and, uh, economically feasible as possible. Uh, as I mentioned, we, we, we are working towards that end with the two, two, uh, redesign of the, of the two parks. Uh, uh, it will cost a lot of money and it'll be, you know, it'll be a few years into making to put up, put this together. But, uh, you know, our leadership has already recognized that need and has, has uh, been proactive in that manner. Well, moving on to um, issues of uh, zoning and development. In the last five years, we've seen a large increase in the development of multifamily housing, much of this achieved through spot zoning. Do you believe it is time for the city of Milledgeville to engage in a comprehensive review of its long-term approach to planning and zoning? And can you please explain your position? Absolutely, I think it's time, and uh, and we are working on that as we speak. Uh, I'll, I'll have an appointment in the morning to discuss that very subject uh, with a few leaders. Uh, but uh, without question, we we need to look at our land use and how we're and how we're uh, we're growing and and uh, and what it what its impact is on on certain areas of our community. Uh, I have uh, I've been criticized for uh, breaking the tie on votes that are you know affect the historic district and. Uh, I, you know, when to kind of explain that is this, I, t- I was telling uh, the ladies that the night of my vote, I love the historic district. I grew up going to First Baptist Church and driving down Liberty Street every Sunday morning and seeing the beautiful homes of Zay as the dog was. It just, you know, took me aback. But in the in, in years of late, some of these houses have have become vacant and uh, and uh, it's just gotten to. Uh, too difficult or economic for a family to uh, own and maintain a, a one of these big Alabama homes, 
and uh, you know they got the option of either sitting there and decaying, or they could uh, they could be you know renovated. And we've had a we've had an individual that's has got the financial back, uh, wherewithal to, to do this. We he's got the background, he's got the experience, he's got a track record, and and uh, it was it was my it's always been my contention that you know if, if we're looking solely on historic preservation, uh, this is the way to go. If we're if we're mainly concerned about single family residency, uh, then we've got other issues. The uh, you know, you, you see Georgia College buying these homes and converting them into office space with no complaints, and it's just the use of the property. So, you know, uh, I've tried to explain that while we have certain zoning codes in place, zoning codes in place, uh, I, th- I, I honestly feel like the city should do a better job of uh, enforcing those codes and we've had conversations about this. This involves law enforcement, it involves a code office. It involves additional personnel. They don't have the manpower to do what they need to do right now. And, you know, I've, I've been promoting trying to uh, bump that office with a few more, you know, people that will enable us to, uh, you know, to, to, to make it a situation where the, the college can live with the community a little bit more cohesively and, and, uh, peacefully coexist uh just a few months ago we were on our way to athens georgia to talk to their zoning people about how they handle it in athens just because we just get fresh ideas obviously they've got a they've got a, a working solution in, in athens that uh that that seems to to you know hold muster uh the uh the zoning question is is with the with these large multifamily student housing units most definitely uh it's time to sit down and look at where we want to go and where we how we want to grow this community and uh as i mentioned we're we're already taking a proactive approach to that so in in your last response uh, you completely stole my thunder for my next question which was about balancing that economic pressure to have more multifamily and student housing in there and how do you balance that against the need for code enforcement to make sure that everyone is satisfied uh, with the arrangement that our economy and our community uh, puts upon us i was wondering if you might just identify some of the challenges that you see to our code enforcement and talk about how you want to remedy this them. I'm not sure if that's any ways to expand upon your last comments, but I just thought I would just um, you know uh, ask for a little bit more uh, thought on that delicate balance uh, between well, economic pressure. And, well, currently uh, they don't they don't have the personnel to do what I feel like we need to do, and uh, that's going to take a you know that's going to take a situation where you know the council is going to have to uh, to get on board with with county, with city manager and 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 make that a priority. And, uh, you know, I've, I've often said, uh, if I lived in a, in one of those homes downtown, I wouldn't want somebody cranking up a, a stereo system at, at 10 o'clock at night. I wouldn't want to wake up with red solo cups in my front yard. I wouldn't want my neighbor across the street to have three, you know, four wheel drive pickup trucks in the, in the, in the, across the drive, uh, across the yard. You know, I wouldn't want big bags of trash on the yard every morning and things of this nature. So. How do we address that? I mean, we've got to we've got to uh, make that a priority. We make we make downtown a priority with the way you know uh, our road department comes through and, and does a great job of keeping it clean, keeping the limbs up so that when the trolleys come by, it's beautiful. And we need to do the same with uh, 
with these uh, with this code enforcement so that you know we can assure that you know if if we have uh, if we have someone that that uh, had an event one night before that was and and had done it in a peaceful manner make sure that they've got everything cleaned up early the next morning and it's and uh, as long as it's done in a peaceful manner then you know we shouldn't have too much of a problem I, did, I would I was just of the opinion that if you have if, if I had a neighbor that was a fraternity but I didn't know they were a fraternity because they never made any noise they never was a nuisance why would I would I really be upset about it and uh, so that's that's my goal is to you know to, to talk to the we've already talked to the college but we we talk to the students and, and and let them know this is our community. We want to we want to maintain the, you know the viability of this community. This is is a historic district that we love and cherish, and we want to uh, you know maintain its dignity. So if you're going if you come in here and you're going to move and you're going to live here, you got to respect it. And I would you know my my goal would be to go to the property owner and for you know for enforcement. I mean we we certainly going to need our code enforcement people to to be on it, but at the same point in time, we need to have the, the property owner to be responsible for his tenants. Do you have any ways of how you might engage those property owners in a, a more constructive conversation about this, um, especially if they actually are not members of our community, if they may have these properties as investment property? Well, the uh, only thing we've got, the only, only opportunity we have is is through the mail or or phone calls through, you know based on whatever property records we have but, but you know uh i just think you know if, if we create a if we if we create a uh system or a policies and procedure for how we handle houses in this in this area and we not we give the we give proper notice to the to the property owner that you know these are the these are the new rules for your property and then this will be enforced and if they're not enforced properly, that you'll be fine. And and you know what other other ramifications we have. Uh, but uh, no, I think it's just just going, you know, reaching out to the property owner and and uh, and the students as well. Now, that's been one area of just widespread economic development in our community. Um, but of course, one of the main things that people task you with, although I don't understand why, is economic development in the creation of jobs. What is Milledgeville's greatest asset that could be leveraged towards economic development? And how are you planning to actually put that asset towards its greatest effect in the bringing of jobs or other economic development in our community? Well, honestly and truthfully, our greatest asset would be our uh, economic development uh, executive director and the uh, his economic development board. These people have a great deal of training. They've got uh, a lot, uh, a, a very diverse background uh, in, uh, in 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 business. But they also, you know, are are being uh, being trained on the on, on what other developers and and are looking for when they're looking at Millersville. Uh, you know, we we've just uh, we just purchased the seventeen hundred acre mega site uh, that's going to have you know rail access. It's going to have four lane freeway access, and you know it it is it's created a, a big buzz in Atlanta about you know Millersville's commitment to economic development. I've gotten a lot of criticism on that, saying you know it's a, it's a waste of money, it's a waste of time. But you know, here's here's what I've come to understand about economic development. And if you don't have something 
that attracts them. If you don't have a mega site that, that meets their criteria, well, they're not going to look at Millersville. If they're not looking, then they're definitely not going to come. But if you've got a mega site that could, that can, uh, that can, uh, that can fit their needs, well, well, you know, they'll take a look and then, and and then we'll be on a, then we'll be on a list with several other people that have sites that list that, that meet their needs. And then, you know, we get, we'll get kind of, uh, you know, crossed out. They'll be, they'll cross out people for various reasons. And, you know, all we can do is just put our best foot forward. Hope we're, hope we're one of the people that stay on the top of the list. But if, if we don't have a site for them to come to, that's it. They're definitely not going to come. So, uh, you know, if we're, to you know, to take a position that we don't need to be spending money on economic development, you know, if that's your, if that's, if that's the reality, you don't really think anybody's ever going, to, you know, come here or, or do anything uh, in our community, then, you know, do we need to give up that effort? I say no. I mean, we we've just sat down with uh, with the director the other day with a uh, city county manager and the county leadership, and uh, talked about a uh, more, a more regional approach to economic development. Uh, why? You know, if we combine the the uh, efforts of Putnam, Jones, uh, Hancock, let's say uh, Wilkinson, Washington, and have maybe a five six county development put you know effort, with that may be seen more favorably by, by the state. The state's got 159 counties they're trying to oversee, and they've got 159 asks and 159 people you know, pulling on the, on the coats. If you can narrow that down by having seven or five or seven counties, you know, working together, uh, they feel like it may be a, it may be viewed favorably in Atlanta and, you know, use all those resources. Look at all the, look at the manpower in those, in, in, in this, in this zone. And, and, uh, I thought it was a very productive, uh, way to approach it. Right now to look at the flip side of that question, what is the community's biggest liability hindering economic development, and how do you plan to improve this situation? You know, I was talking to uh, I was talking to the young game changers the other morning, and uh, and someone asked a question about you know some of the some of the pitfalls in our community, and you know, I I, I get the impression from some point in time that you know um, we've got a lot of people that want it to be 1965. And it's never going to be 1965 again. We're never going to have Central State Hospital with those uh, five, six thousand jobs. We're never going to have Youth Development Center uh, running gun like it was. We doesn't look like we're going to get Rain back. We don't. We know we're not, definitely not going to get Georgia Power's Holly Branch plant back. We've got. We've lost a lot of jobs, and we, you know, we have to be innovative and and creative in our efforts to try to attract what is out there we have we have to attract the employers that are willing to come so you know what do we do you know and and, and you know, part of the problem I, I mentioned to them and i and you know i i hate to say it as a you know community leader but uh you know we really need to enhance our community pride i mean i, I see uh i see people all the time that uh you don't want to you want to stop and tell me how bad something is how terrible something is how we need to get rid of this we need to get rid of that person we need to do this we need to do that you know, and that's kind of the reason I got involved. You know, I got tired of, you know, sitting on the sidelines talking about it. You know, let's get involved, do something, make a difference. Lady called me the other day and, and was telling me how trashy the, the roads were. I asked her, I said, have, have you ever stopped and picked anything up? I mean, have you ever taken a proactive approach about it? You know, why rely on somebody else to do it for you? You remember this community, you know, you need to be, you need to be engaged. And so uh, I would, I'd love to see the, the, 
attitude of this community changed to a point where people are uh, are protective of, of, of Milledgeville and Baldwin County. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like these families that, uh, you know, they can talk about each other, but, you know, they better not hear anybody else talking about them. We need to be, we need to be, you know, you know, defiant about uh, anybody having anything bad to say about Millersville, Baldwin County. Uh, apart from one-on-one conversations that you have, how do you make that change, though? I, I, I just feel like getting in the community, having conversations. Uh, uh, I mean, I've, I've really worked these last two and a half years. Uh, anytime someone asks me questions on in the public about what's going on in this community, I always try to, you know, throw a positive spin. I, try, I always try to I mean, leave them with a, with a good thought. I don't want, you know, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, you know, start blaming. I don't want to play the blame game. We, you know, we would, we had a conversation with the county the other day and, and had a great little, uh, uh, communication about, you know, all we've done for the last, you know, five, 10 years is played the blame game. Why, why is the city, the city is the one that's causing all the problems with the water. The county is the one that's causing all the problem with this and that and the other, you know, let's, Let's find solutions and work together to solve them, you know, and, and everybody just needs to get on the same page. We're, you know, uh, anybody that's holding a public office is doing it out of the love for this community. Nobody, nobody, nobody's getting anything out of serving the community other than the pride of knowing they're trying to make a, a positive change. I don't, I didn't come in there with an agenda to upset anybody's fruit basket. I, I came in with the idea that, you know, we could make this place better. Uh, it just it's it's amazing to me sometimes that that people would just about rather climb a tree and fight than stay on the ground and get along. And once again, I feel that you have stolen the thunder out of my next question, which is, you know, how do you plan to or how are you trying to actively engage the community in its own future? Well, it's uh, I've been I've been wrapped up in uh, it's been a, it's been a very very uh, busy year. Uh, 2017 started with a bang with a, uh, uh, our splice negotiation and quickly, uh, moved into a ethics violation. And, uh, then we moved into the, uh, service delivery negotiation. We had a few, uh, major water breaks and things of this nature. You know, I tell people that, uh, these first two years of my, of my, you know, term, term in office has just been uh, eaten up with distractions that keep us from you know, what we need to be doing, but, uh, uh, you know, we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't, uh, I don't think we purposely went set about trying to neglect the, the water, uh, distribution lines or went set out trying to purposely dis, uh, not pay attention to the age of the water plant. I mean, these things have been discussed and talked about and strategized, you know, over the last probably 25, 30 years. But it's just come to a point where things are having to be done. As uh, as, as I mentioned the other day, it's, I mean, I'm uh, I didn't create all these problems, but I'm the mayor right now, and and you know, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of big decisions are having to be made under my watch. And uh, there's no sense in looking back and trying to trying to find you know who was at fault for it, who started this, who you know who's caused it, who continued to maintain this 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 you know line we're on, but. Uh, you know, just just understand that uh, cities in the county have a lot of great people, intelligent people that know this know this county, know this community. They're trying to do what they can to make it a better community. 
And, uh, you know, instead of, you know, constantly criticizing, let's get in behind them. And I try to, I try to tell people at, in, at any time I'm, I'm having to some casual conversation, it's, it's all about, it's all about attitudes for me. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm at my at the age I'm at, I just can't be around a lot of negative people. It just, it just, it's just not good for me. And I, and I, and I just avoid them at all costs. So, uh, you know, if you, if you got something positive to add to the conversation, let's talk. If you just want to, you know, whine and moan about, you know, something that you don't like or something that you, uh, that you disagree with, then, you know, I'll listen, but you know, I, I'm, I, I would, I would prefer you to come up with a, with a positive solution. Now, you've been out there campaigning for a couple months at this point. I'm sure in your position as mayor, it's got constantly campaigning, um, being out there in the public. But what is one thing, one either story or comment that you've received on the campaign trail, good or bad, that you would like to share with our radio audience? Well, I mean, I get this from time to time is, uh, is you know, Gary, I see what you're trying to do, and I and I I don't know why you subject yourself to all that uh, abuse. I'm proud of you for 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 taking the initiative to do it. I, I wish that uh, things had been a little easier for you those last couple of years, but you know I do feel like the uh, the attitude of the community is changing. I do feel like uh, things are a little bit more positively uh, viewed from the community, and they just they just uh, just appreciate that. I mean, there's more cohesiveness now on council. There's no more cohesiveness now between council and county commissioners. There's there's uh, just more openness and and you know uh, more trust. I think uh, over the last two years than they've been in a while. And uh, you know, I, again, I wasn't involved in politics until about two and a half, three years ago. But but you know, just just from that, uh, reading the papers and hearing the, what's going on in the community, I, I just feel like uh, it's just been a, an opportunity for somebody to come in that didn't have any, you know, uh, any preconceived notions about how things need to go. And, and, uh, I think they've just been appreciative that, uh, you know, that, you know, I learned a golden rule at a, at a early age and I try to treat people the way I want to be treated. And, uh, I, I, I think for, for the most part, people appreciate that. And I think it's paid dividends. Uh, we're making some, we're making some positive, you know, changes in this community. We, we're making some, some long range decisions that, uh, that I think are, are good decisions. And we're, as, as I mentioned, my, my dad taught me to measure twice and cut once. I mean, we're, we're looking at, you know, several different avenues before we make a decision. And, uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how, how much of that has been done, but, uh, we're, uh, we try to take a, a, a little bit different approach to things now. And after all is said and done, how do you hope that people in the future will view your legacy as mayor? Well, and honestly and truthfully, I, I never, ever think about a legacy for Gary Thrower's term as mayor. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing it. I really am doing it for all the right reasons. And I'm doing it uh, because I have a love of this community. Uh, you know, I had, I had, uh, one of my mentors tell me, you know, uh, you know, if you'll do, if you do everything for the right reason that, uh, uh, you won't and, you know, and, and make good decisions based on the right decisions, you'll never go wrong. And, uh, I've tried to be honest. I've tried to be consistent. I've tried to, you know, 
hold my position on 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 lines. You know, I think it was Churchill that said, "If you if you've made enemies, it's good. It means you stood up for something." And I obviously stood up for a few things because I've developed a few enemies along the way. But I mean, I'm I'm I don't have an agenda to uh, to do anything to uh, to you know to hurt anyone. I'm just looking at uh, the big picture and trying to to make good decisions for bringing this community forward. So uh, I mean, it's just that honesty and integrity and 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 you know maintaining maintain the viability of this community that's important to me. And how can people who are listening to this interview find out more about your campaign and your candidacy? Well, we have a we have a Facebook page, uh, Gary Thoreau for Mayor, and uh, and uh, I've got uh, my my phone number is on my on the city website, and uh, I'm always accessible. So uh, if uh, if anyone wants to know anything about what I stand for and what I you know what my position on certain things are, feel free to give me a call. Uh, I've, I've tried my best to, to make all that uh, well-known in the past two years, but uh, uh, I am who I am. I, I, I'm, I'm certainly not perfect. I make mistakes. I try to, you know, when I see a mistake, I try to, to I try to correct it. But uh, you just, you know, I'm, a, I'm available. And that's, uh, that's, the, that's, that's really the, the way you can find most information is by talking to me one-on-one. And just for any of our, our radio listeners who may not have access to the internet, um, uh, would you provide your phone number here? That's an open question to you. <laughs> Absolutely. 478-457-7759. That's my personal cell phone. So if you need me, call me. Well, incumbent Mayor Gary Thrower, who is running for another four-year term in office, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to come out and speak to our radio audience here on Millageville Matters. Thank you, Daniel, and uh, and uh, look forward to seeing everyone out. Uh, voting wraps up on November 7th, and I won by 36 votes last time, uh, which absolutely uh, indicates that every vote does count. So. Don't think that it doesn't come out and, and, and cast your vote. Either way, just you know, represent this re- represent this community. Well, thank you very much.